or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Welcome into the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. I am Jim Rutledge, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I drove my Simden Chevy truck out from Middleton. I was over at uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton saying what's up to our guy Lee over at Ruth's Chris. And I made it all the way from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton to downtown Madison. I left uh, 242. And it is 3.02 when I sat down here, Strofe. 20 minutes, huh? Shout out to uh, the great truck, uh, Silverado. From, now, uh, Jimmy, I was a little curious because yeah. I knew you, you might have been running a little bit late. Uh, yeah. So me and Marissa, our marketing manager here at ESPN yeah. Madison, we looked up how long it was from Ruth's Christie yeah. here. 21 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You did it in 20. Nicely yes, done. Yes, yes. Uh, caught a few lights there. But shout out to Simmons Chevy Mount Horror. If you're in the new market, if you're in the market for a new or new to you uh, Chevy Silverado or Colorado, I recommend Simon Chevy in Mount Horeb. Pat, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jim. Sounds like you need to take the tickets off the windshield. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. There'll be some more when I park, too. So, yeah, it's uh, we'll get that all cleaned up afterwards. It was a little bit like uh, Blues Brothers. It just uh, kind of pulled in and got everyone waiting outside for me. Uh, we'll take care of that during the, uh, the commercial break. But, Pat, I, I thought we'd start with uh, Badger football here with uh, Braylon Allen. Uh, just in, look, the defense will get there. They're amazing, but a 17 year old carrying the ball 25 times for 175 yards and some signature runs in that game. And I know Northwestern, uh, especially their defense isn't what it's been in the past. That's still just one of those performances that will go down in Badgers lore, which is something to say for a running back because you know, Badgers have had a few good ones. Really did. And you know, when you watch him when you go to replay and do it a little bit close up and slow motion you can see how effective he is he really he pulls himself together kind of tightens up and he doesn't get his arms out he's kind of one one piece and when you try to hit him nothing comes you know you can't grab an arm or whatever everything is just kind of tight and being as strong as he is and pushing benching what 600 pounds or (laughs) something like that i mean he just shed the runners the uh, attack was off like it was nothing it was just uh, i don't think i've seen anybody even even Ron didn't do that much of that, you know. He's kind of in between Ron and uh, Brent Moss and Fletcher and all those guys. <laughs> that's that's a great, uh, that's darn near perfect back. And it it's wild. I mean, we're watching Braylon Allen run on Saturdays, and then you see uh, Taylor with the Colts. Uh, he's having a great uh, season, and he's scoring a couple touchdowns, setting records really right now. What he's doing with the Colts is six-game stretch of of hundred-yard games and catching touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Then you got Melvin Gordon scoring a touchdown basically every week uh, with Denver. I mean, the Badger running backs are, and obviously James White had a nice. He's actually yeah, on TV James right done now. now. Yeah, he's done for the year. Uh, but I, actually on NFL TV, they they have the. The game where Atlanta was leading New England twenty-one to nothing uh, in the Super Bowl, and obviously there's a lot of James White in this comeback Super Bowl that we're going to see. James Super- White <laughs> should have been. Even Brady yeah. admitted that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the days of the Badger running back, and look, the offensive line is still very good, but the days of the Badger running back being kind of all credited with the offensive line and not producing in the NFL seems to be out uh, of the past. Yeah, I tell you, even uh, somebody, a good friend of mine out in California, sent a text and said. 
kind of reminded him of Alan Amici, he thought. And wow. uh, I said, well, they, they called Alan the horse. I think you've got to call Braylon the kind of the beast. Yeah. But uh, Alan was much bigger and uh, maybe maybe a little bit, not quite as heavy maybe, but just a, a different kind of runner. I mean, he'd, he'd run over you, but Braylon just, he does both. He, he sheds the blockers and tacklers and, and he can uh, maneuver very quickly. And he's got breakaway speed in some respects. And he, he surprises everybody with, the quickness that he has, just like Ron did, and uh, and that's really a, a quite a, a gift to have. I mean, I mean, I think that the line has done a good job. I don't think it's been exceptional. They're making some holes, but I don't think that they're having to hold their blocks very long because he's hitting and sliding and moving them on, and so you don't have to hold a block forever, and that's what you want for an offensive lineman to do. I was doing a show with Monte Ball on Monday, and he talked a little bit about A.J. Dillon with the Packers and how he's always falling forward. And I see some of that with Braylon, that as soon as he's getting the ball, he's leaning forward. He's got that forward lean that no matter what he's doing, he's always got that forward momentum going. And and when you hear Monte talk, you realize there's so much more to being a running back than just running the ball. I mean, it's whether it's making sure if you're in a shotgun getting that ball uh, with an actual step forward, or like you said, as soon as you see that hold to burst through it, it may be decisive. And I just keep on going back, Pat, and I don't know uh, what the closest example that you've seen in person here, but a 17-year-old, because he just broke, I believe, a record from Anthony Davis, who was a redshirt freshman when he had some records with Wisconsin. Uh, and so I think Jake Wood, a former Badger, pointed out that Anthony Davis was about 20 years old when he broke those records, or late, late in the 19, age of 19. And you know, Braylon's setting records at 17. What's the closest thing you've seen to someone this young being this dominant? You know, I can't really can't really come up with one. I tell you the truth. And when we played, uh, your freshmen were ineligible, so the running backs like a Louis Holland and. People like that uh, weren't were really playing until they were a little older, even 19 probably. But uh, in terms of my memory, I, I can't think of anybody that even comes close to him. You know, he just he looks the part, he, he talks well, he speaks well, he, he's mature. He's, uh, the thing I think you've got to be careful with him with is, is somebody being that young, wanting to do everything and, and, and uh, just kind of almost like a volunteer for, oh, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. You know his body still is going to take a punishment, and he's got to be, got to be a little bit careful. I'm sure that's what Paul is doing is just measuring him, in terms of uh, how much uh, work he's going to get, how many, you know, uh, reps and things like this. Although he had a good run the other day and came right around, and they handed it off to him in the next play, and they had a close up of him. You know, he looked a little bit beat. But uh, it's nice to see that kind of enthusiasm. But certainly, you, you say, well, my gosh, here's a guy 19. And he's going to be, you know, usually talk about the running backs get burned out and they just can't last very long. That's why they maybe don't get the big contracts as some of the players do. But uh, with him, the way he is taking care of his body and things like that, and he just seems like a great young man. Hopefully, knock on wood, that he stays healthy for his whole career. But uh, when you work that hard, it's not, not easy, believe me. Well, and this is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. To that point, the Badgers have, I, I think, done a good job of not overworking Braylon. Even even with uh, the running back room getting smaller and smaller, they still haven't, uh, in my mind, kind of gone out of control as far as giving carries to Braylon. Is there, what, he had 25 last week, and they still worked in Julius Davis, they still worked in Jackson Aker and, and others, and uh, Brady Shipper. And I think that's important because I think the days of a, a back wanting to be 
the guy who's getting 30 carries a game in college is, is kind of gone. And that can, you know, obviously you need to win these games, but it can affect recruiting. And, you know, Monte was in here and he said, I had a thousand uh, touches at Wisconsin. And, you know, and we've saw it with Ron too. Of Part of the reason these guys might be having more success is the Melvins and the James Whites of the world are part of a 3 4 hit monster. And Braylon, the Badgers are still trying to work in other backs to make sure that his 17-year-old body doesn't take too much of a beating uh, with his first co- – I mean, last year he was wrapping up state championships around this time of year. Yeah, plus the fact is you know, the other backs really want to become a receiver. They want to be able to come out of the backfield just like what Aaron Jones is doing. I mean, it makes it much more valuable and uh, versatile and everything else. And so uh, they want a little bit of everything and rather than just pound it, pound it, pound it. But certainly it's got to be rewarding for them to see the holes open up and get a little bit more gradual. I think early in the year he was having a little bit of difficulty holding on to the ball, and I think that some of the guys that are taking his spot have had a little bit of difficulty as well. But, you know, I've watched them as well, and they're not that bad. Yeah. Shipper and, yeah. uh, and the other guys are not that bad. Uh, and I think that they, they've they got some breakaway speed. I think that you know we, we think about Berger, what he had, and these other guys seem to be a much more physical runners than than, than maybe he was. But uh, but I think that you know we're, it's it's certainly we've got high expectations. It's like when you had Ron Dane, and you oh my God, who are you going to put in after that? Well, a pretty good back, quite frankly, and and that may be the case we've got right now. We may have a couple of guys that are on their own and in a vacuum, so to speak. They could be pretty doggone good, but because Braylon is such a dominant player. He's getting all the uh, accolades and the touches and things like that. And the other guys, it looks like a big gap, but it's really, they're not too bad. I agree, and it, it's nice that the Badgers have been able to kind of turn out and kind of get that running game back on track, which has allowed Graham Mertz to look more serviceable. He's not quite what we all thought he was going to be, but he's now looking like, if nothing else, your average run, you know, Badger quarterback. But that average Badger quarterback gets you uh, some wins and gets you to a bowl game, and he's still got a lot of ability, but maybe uh, allowing him to hit the reset button w- with leaning on the running game. Yeah, and he's really, uh, there are times when he's really very accurate and he throws a ball in there, but there are other times when he, I think, get a little carried away and saying, well, I can get, I can, I can fit it in there, and he can't, and he just can't force it, and I think sometimes he gets, gets a, a little bit more invincible and thinks that I, he can do anything, and that's, that gets him into trouble. But certainly he was much more accurate, and uh, he's, he's leading, he's kind of, you know, throwing the receiver open, receiver open sometimes. He's been accurate in that regard, and a little bit of long, a little bit of short, uh, a little bit of everything. So, I think he's getting a little bit more grounded in terms of uh, what he wants to do and what he what he expects himself to do, and not get to do too much. I think you're going to complete every pass. It just isn't going to happen. But uh, certainly, they're building a little bit at a time. Each week, each week gets a little bit better, and that's really a good sign in that respect. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin The Man. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Here's Middleton. Transition three as he banks it home from the left side. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Park Place offers seniors and their loved one peace of mind. 
Find the right balance of care that's centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors who become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that's right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side. And then the Coleman neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. And this is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Jim Rutledge. Uh, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, and uh, Pat, another victory for the Packers. They were uh, they shut out Russell Wilson and Seattle. Obviously, the the big number out there. People say Russell Wilson led team never been shut out. I I focus more on the fact they shut out a team. I mean, Russell was definitely rusty, just like Aaron was. But you know, in a league where you saw the Ravens lose to the Dolphins and you saw Tampa lose to the Washington Football Team. The most impressive thing I thought the Packers did on on Sunday was win, even though they weren't playing their best football. Absolutely, I think uh, going into the season, I would have thought uh, I would have taken a fifty percent of the half of the wins with respect to the Seahawks and the Vikings, because I think those are two of the toughest games for us. It just you know, there's just something about the matchups, and really you can't throw a little, uh, who's healthy, who's not out the window, and just got to kind of lace them up and get out there and slug it out. And it was like this weekend with the Vikings is going to be a really tough one. But certainly any time you can shut out anybody, I mean, that's a big deal. Because we all know that just everybody wants to break the uh, shutout, you know, whether it's a field goal or just a one, one point. They want to break that that, uh, that string. They don't want to get shut out. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, I, I you, you think about it, you can't even hardly think of another game when you've seen it happen. It's just uh, hard to believe, and especially with – the potential uh, receivers that they've got, even with, you know, uh, kind of a, a banged up uh, Wilson and but Metcalf, but you can see they've got some issues on that team with respect to a little bit of the locker room stuff and uh, unhappiness and uh, frustration, and I think some of that comes from Pete Carroll. He, you know, he kind of gets all giddy and think crazy when he when he wins a victory, and they've showed that that play of, of Golden Tate shoving the guy in and getting catching the ball and it should have been a penalty but it cost the Packers a playoff victory and uh and he of course gets all excited about that and I think sometimes that's it's great when it's going well but when it's not it can really be a, an issue and I think that just shows some of that I, I think that you might kind of a this is maybe a Russell Wilson time for off season being unhappy and being the diva because he's not very happy I'm sure and and you know some of that is very difficult to throw with his hand uh, bandaged up and little, I think a plastic splint and everything else. But uh, those are the kinds of games that uh, Russell uh, or that uh, Aaron just thrives on. And I think that even though he wasn't as good as he normally has been, we can see a little rusty spots and the one ill-advised throw that he made an interception. You know that was uh, not his normal style. You know, Crosby missing a field goal again, and they thought, oh, here we go again. And uh, you know, but the special team shored up a little bit, and uh, and it was a great victory. I don't care, you like to say whether it's one point, but 17, uh, it could have been more of that. But they did a great job. This defense, you know, kept them uh, kept them in check, and uh, and that's great to see because. You know, you never really think of that. You think of the offensive line, you think of the pass protection, you think of the receivers, the routes, and things like this. But equally important is the defense to keep any. You know, they shut anybody out. Everybody out, you win every game. I mean, you're going to score, and uh, and that's impressive. 
It is, and it's good news for the Packers that uh, it looks like Gary should be able to play through his injury. Rashawn Gary playing through his elbow injury. Effectiveness, we'll have to wait and see. And it might not see after one game. It could be kind of just a – it seems exhausting to have to play with that uh, on your arm. We've seen A.J. Watt – or excuse me, J.J. Watt having to play with with uh, similar sorts of contraptions while playing. But at least he's able to be out there. Zadarius may be getting back you know, at some point. Uh, Matt LaFleur calls Jair Alexander far off, so we'll have to wait to see on that one. But the fact that Aaron Jones uh, is just a couple weeks and, and not season-ending I think is important because I think A.J. Dillon's a good running back, but he's not the same back and he's not as good of a back as Aaron Jones, which is a compliment to Aaron Jones, not a, a detriment yeah. to A.J. Dillon. Yeah, they're both good to each for each other, and it makes a big difference. But uh, the power that he has is on that goal line. Oh my God! I mean, I just see a guy. They always tell you to keep your feet moving. Chug, 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 chug. Well, he did that, and he took the whole line. The guys that pushed him in came in a little bit later. He would basically did it all himself. But it's the one on the sidelines, you kind of tippy toe along the sidelines, so it's agility. The fact that he's catching the ball gives Aaron great confidence to throw the ball, and uh, and it's a good compliment to uh, to Aaron Jones. And uh, you know, and when, when Gary got his arm hurt, I thought, my God, you're going to have to put him down like a horse. I mean, he was in agony and pain and everything rolling around, and you could tell there was something wrong, whether it was whether it was dislocated or separated or something like that. But then when they saw him walking up the tunnel, he looked a little bit normal. That's, that's what kind of gave me the idea that maybe this isn't as bad as it, it looks. I've, I've played with guys who used to have, they used to be almost a, a belt around their chest and then a chain that they had a cuff around your a cuff around your arm, so you couldn't raise it much more than you know a couple inches away from your body. And a guy named Eddie Hart, who played at Wisconsin, he was famous for having that. He was a tough running back, but he had that kind of a situation. And it seems to work, and it gives you a little bit of, you know, confidence that it's not going to pop out. Then maybe you can, you're not going to be able to do all the things you can do. But certainly, he seems to be playing much better and coming into his own. And the fact that he uh, wants to be out there, I think, is important. Uh, yes, it is very important that uh, he wants to be out there and that this this whole team, I would say, is kind of coming on their own. The next thing I wanted to talk about there was Joe Barry. Uh, I, again, I think this defense is playing better than some of their parts, but that goes to the coaching, that he's been able to kind of take that Rams defense and apply it to the Packers, and it's basically asking teams not to go insane when they're trying to beat you down the field because they're not going to give you anything over the top, and the Packers have been executing that well. Yeah, he got a lot of props from uh, Rex Ryan. I mean, I think that uh, you know when on the ESPN uh, he was talking about the defense, and he said I was the first to. You know, Mike Pettin's a good friend of mine. I think he's a great coach, etc. You know, I was thinking, what in the world to get this guy? He hadn't been any, done anything with respect to defense with a 26th or 30th in the league and whatever way down there. And he and he basically uh, said he was wrong, and uh, certainly hope he can continue that. But right now, it just seems like he's growing every. Every week, and uh, the defense getting more confident. It's great to see the defensive backs playing as well as they are. I mean, they're 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 confident, they're cocky, and they're you know with Jerry Alexander out of there, and uh, and you got the good 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 receivers that are being covered very well by the Packers, and with a rush, it just shows it do with the pass rush and against Wilson, they contained him basically for the most part. He did get out. But you know, you just at some point when you you got to have great discipline to get a pass rush, and they get held up, and they want you to go a certain way, and you're trying to go the other way, 
because if you do, then they know they can get in the outside. And so he, he wasn't as effective on the runouts as he as he normally is. But uh, that uh, it, linebackers are doing a great job. It's just too bad we couldn't have a full complement of of guys in there healthy and uh, and see what it would look like because there's a lot of good players that aren't playing right now. No, absolutely, and well, ha- and it's the NFL though. The weird thing is, you, hey, oh, so and so is going to come back. Well, the next the next week, someone else could be out, and that's the that's the surprising thing to me is that you just never know uh, what that defense is going to look like healthy outside of you know maybe a week or two beforehand because there's so many. The NFL is just a league where you're going to have to account for injuries always. Yeah, and I think the important one is going to be Bakhtiari. I mean, he may not come back. Uh, Full 100%, but just the fact that you can move, you bring him back. You got another guy that's that's a terrific uh, blocker and uh, pass protector, and you've got now you can move Jenkins around a little bit. You're gonna you're gonna improve yourself by moving it around. You're also gonna get yourself a little more depth, and that's gonna be important down the stretch. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin. The man. We're on the Packers. Jordan Love might be starting his career in the most disadvantageous circumstances that I've ever seen. Because we're on Wisconsin Sports. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. The way your fingers fit mine is five plus five, not a rock. This day and time that's hard to find is true. The road we're on in a traffic jam. It's what is this, Joe? This would be simple by Florida Georgia Line, Jim. Ah, I was a voice sounded familiar. I'm not a big Florida Georgia Line. I gotta tell you, Jim, I saw them in concert a few years back. Yeah. Probably at the bottom of the list of concerts I've seen, which is a hefty list. What made it bad? I think they well, they played all the hits, right? Yeah. But just like ah, I think the recorded version is much better than the live version. They sound auto-tuned or some sort of yes. enhanced in their singing. Yeah, th- I was not impressed when I saw them. You know who does impress me is JK Security Solutions. Uh, you give them a call two five 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 seven nine nine six zero eight two five 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 seven nine nine jksecurity.com. You can do that as well. Uh, yeah, they do. Fan- Look, they put all the TVs up here. Uh, anytime ESPN Madison needs any work done, we use them. Uh, Pat Richter's used them before, so you should use them. JKSecurity.com. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Jim Rutledge, Alex Strofe, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Time now for Sounds of the Week. What did she are the sounds of the week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Thanks for buying me a few seconds, Jim. My uh, mouse decided not to work again, so appreciate that. Well done. All right, uh, Pat, we are, as always, going to go Packers heavy here in Sands of the Week before we hear from the horses themselves and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk a little Packers defense. Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky this morning on ESPN's Get Up. Packers defense that dominated the day. Yes. And if you look at the last three weeks, the way that this team has played defensively, they, they can be the reason you win an NFC championship. Now, all we've ever talked about was that Aaron Rodgers needed help. And we sometimes thought about that help being another wide receiver for Devontae yes. Adams or another weapon. Maybe that weapon can be this defense playing the way that it's playing. They're turning the football over. They're rushing the passer, passer and they have two linebackers that are going sideline to sideline making plays. I'm excited about what they can be 
especially if they get some of those young studs back. Yeah, I think the defense is the strength of the football team right now in Green Bay. Never would have thought that. Shocking oh to God. say. I think the defense could be the missing piece to that one final Super Bowl run. And that's something that I would have never thought to be a reality before this season started. RC talked about how good of a job they're doing in run defense. They're playing great on the back end yeah. in coverage. They're getting after the quarterback. They're doing it without a guy like Zadarius Smith or that's, Jair Alexander. Right. And when when you like think about the football team, Aaron Rodgers had a top five defense once in his career. It was 2010. They happened to win the Super Bowl this year. Right now, the Green Bay Packers are the third-ranked defense in football. They are indeed the third-ranked defense in football. Now, I know Jim thinks they're going to come back down to earth at some point. To, like, 10th. Like, right. Okay, well, yeah, I, yeah. No, I'm not saying you think they're going to be the worst defense in the league, Jimmy. I just – I don't know, Pat. I don't know how sold I can be without those dogs like Zadarius Smith and Jair. Do you really think this is a championship-level defense? Well, I think you right now it seems like the I think the, a lot of the good defense of the Packers is kind of caused because it seems like a lot of the other teams have come back to them as well. I mean, I think it's been tougher. I think whether it's COVID or whether what it is, it's just been a difficult year. I, right. I, this is the same conversation that I heard Rex Ryan, and but the thing that really impressed me, and, and I I take him for his word because I think he's a smart guy, is Ryan Clark. I mean, he. Dan Orlowski knows an awful lot about the offense, but I think when it comes to defense, yeah. Clark's the guy that uh, is the go-to guy for me, I would say. And he he doesn't throw a lot of praise all the time, but I think he's impressed with what, what they're doing. In fact, some young guys that are out there flying around and hitting people. And, uh, and you know, I, I, it's it's one of those things almost like when, with, when you say play Penn State. You always look at them on the hoof, and they look like, gee, they're just big athletes. You know, good, good, good-sized guys and everything else. Everybody we seem to face up with has got, got that same kind of nastiness, and that's what's uh, with the Vikings and, and the uh, Seahawks. You know, you got Bobby Wagner, and you got all those guys that are crazy players, and uh, they do a great job. But the Packers stick to what they do best, and they just seem to be you know, hold right up and just keep coming at you. Yeah, and. I would say this Packers defense is good enough to win their championship caliber defense because of Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Uh, because I think if you, if Aaron Rodgers, if you let's say, let's say you had Tannehill or Jordan Love or some a lesser quarterback, mm-hmm. I don't know if this defense could carry you to a title. But I think this defense just needs to keep teams. I think what they did against Arizona, this is kind of my thought of them. What they did against Arizona, allowing twenty one points. Could have been 24, could have been 28. So somewhere between 21, 25 points. I think that's fair to a kind of, that's a good defense in the playoffs. And I think Aaron Rodgers can score more than that. So I think 21 points in a playoff game, maybe 24 from the Packers defense is a good defense, good enough to win with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. And I think that's where they fall to me. Right. No, I think that's a realistic expectation. You can't expect them to go out and shut out a team every week like they did last week against Seattle and a beat up Russell Wilson. But overall, an impressive run uh, uh, so far. I think the other thing that's collateral to this whole thing is the fact that uh, it puts the pieces together for uh, making the – the run at Aaron Rodgers a good uh, good opportunity because I mean I think the fact that they've done all they could basically do I mean you, they, every piece that they've pulled in with respect to defense has been an incremental uh, help to the team and I think that shows Aaron that the I think the grass maybe looks a little greener on the other side sometimes but that doesn't hold all true in every case yeah well said Pat and as Ryan Clark pointed out there right I mean this could have been the missing component. We, we talk a lot about wide receivers or tight ends or offensive line, 
when overall maybe it was just he was lacking a really good defense, which is what we're seeing all of a sudden. Matt LaFleur uh, impressed with the defense as a whole, but especially the cornerbacks without Jair Alexander. As a whole, obviously, the defense has been playing really well, but I think really specifically the defensive backfield has done an outstanding job. Um, the OG, Jerry, has done a great job with all those guys. Ryan Downer doing a great job with them. Um, so, but it, it is, it's a challenge, and but it's a good, it's a good problem to have. I, I guess this is all I want to ask is how much better does this defense become when Jair Alexander returns? We've seen how good the safeties has been in, in Savage and Amos, uh, but with Jair, I mean, we're talking about probably the best defensive backfield in football, Pat. Yeah, it really is, and I think one thing you can always count on is the fact somebody's going to get injured. I mean, it just happens that way, and and I think the thing that's coming out of this that really is very important is the fact that with all those backs that you've got, you've got some trade bait and things like this that you can pay, fill some other spots. I mean, it's rare that you have that many cornerbacks that, uh, and defensive backs that are as productive as this group is, and guys that really hadn't heard anything from and didn't even know where they were. And they've done a great job. And so as a, as a group, they've done an outstanding job. But it just it's a luxury that you maybe sometimes can't afford to have, but you certainly can make some, uh, make some good moves with respect to them because everybody's looking for guys like that. Yeah, and look, there's always going to be something. There's always a domino effect. Jair comes in, so where are you playing Kevin King? He's not as good in the slot. You're putting Stokes in the slot. He's kind of earned to be the second corner. So there's always a domino effect to everything. So I am curious how that all kind of shakes out and what kind of physical shape. Uh, we don't know. Stroff, correct me if I'm wrong. When when Alexander's coming back? No, like him coming back. It's not crazy to think he might be cleared to play like that first playoff game, which means is he physically ready to play that right, first playoff right. game? So I I think we just have to kind of temper expectations of we just saw Russ look super rusty as a quarterback for missing a month, and I know it's not playing quarterback by Jair. There's still going to be a, a kind of a, a learning curve of him getting back into football shape. And I don't know if the, he gets to peak Jair this year. He'd still be a step up. But does he get to his full peak level this year if he's not back in the next couple of weeks? Now right. we're talking he's arriving at the playoffs. Yeah, it certainly depends. It's been so chance. long. What was the yeah. injury to begin with? I can't remember. It's a shoulder <laughs> injury. Long. Yeah, it's a so was it toe. No, it's shoulder. shoulder. Shoulder, okay. Well, that's a tough one because you got to be 100% when you come back with that because, right. you know, forcing on the outside and being a, as effective a defensive back as he is, I mean, that's part. That's a big part of it. And I think they're probably being overly cautious, which is, I think, a smart thing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, ideally you get him back when? Week 15, get him get three or four games at the end of the regular season, but that's not looking realistic. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's there's plenty of, plenty of season left, plenty of ball game left. Uh, as we continue to roll on. Let's move on to the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who was again on the Pat McAfee show yesterday uh, with a fellow Pat. I, I just put that together. Pat McAfee, Pat Richter. Good stuff. Uh, so Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, uh, he talked about what cold actually is, Pat, and as a lifelong Wisconsinite, i got to hear your opinion on this. Here's the quarterback. No, I have, a stri- I have some strict policies. When it's under 50, I wear long sleeves. The last home game, it was right at 50. I asked J-Lo before the game because he always goes out and he comes back in and tells me, like, is it cold out there? Is it windy? Or whatever? You know, and he came back in. He said, yeah, it's not that bad. I said, what's the temperature? He said, I think it's 50. I was like, <laughs> okay, short, short sleeves it is. But this was, I think the temperature was 36. We had some snow flurries. We woke up to a winter wonderland outside. It was snow everywhere and the leaves were off the trees, basically. Um, but... It wasn't that cold. I mean, when it gets below 20, that's real cold. 
Um, and you'll know if it feels cold to me if I'm wearing my, my turtleneck. So Rogers is playing cold tough guy there. As a California native, under 20 degrees is cold. I said yesterday on Scalzone Brust, anything under 40 degrees is cold for me. Pat, what is cold? Well, I think he's exactly right. I think that uh, <laughs> you, you you kind of put a threshold up there. I think when Wisconsin played Miami, for example, in the bowl game, and everybody in the Miami team came out with long sleeves, he said, "Oh, there, there's a problem. They're not going to. Be, they're worried more about staying warm." And it wasn't that cold. I think it might even been in the fifties, but uh, they, just, they just shied away from that. But I think as a quarterback, you know, I think you got to be the leader, and I think sometimes that. The shirt off and the short sleeves is kind of a macho thing to do, and I think maybe it's against certain teams it's the right thing to do, and uh, and I think that you just don't want to ever get pipped or anything. But I, I that was very interesting is the fact that he's got a threshold, right, of 50 degrees to get it, uh, to get the long sleeves out. Yeah, I uh, I think I follow Aaron's sort of uh, mindset here. I don't want to, I don't like being cold. I don't know if it's uh, now that I'm older or what, but. I, I, for me, it's more of like, hey, after like 45 or 40 or below, I feel it like I am definitely going to kind of dress to be warm. Like, but like a day like today here in Wisconsin is nice. I, I will take the nice weather. So you want you want to get cold? Play in an old Cleveland Stadium <laughs> when, when, uh, with a dirt infield and about oh. uh, 35 degrees, oh. wind blowing off the lake. That's what's cold. Well, I mean, and back in those days, you didn't have heated seats. <laughs> you had a, a parka or something like that yeah. throw over you, and that was as warm as it got. Was that the coldest game you ever played in, Pat, or your coldest? Uh, you yeah, know, stadium? the coldest stadium I ever played in was Cleveland. Yeah, I, mean, I believe no that. No question about I'm it. I'm cold I mean, just it was, listening. Yeah, it was right. blowing off the lake, and it was oh. really hard. But you, the dirt, you know, you get mixed yeah. up with dirt and grass, and you know, it just. It's just not a pleasant feeling. You no. probably played some pretty cold baseball games too, or did they, or did they uh, did they have you travel out of out of Wisconsin when the season started back in back when Wisconsin? Well, I tell you baseball. what, I forgot time, but, I, but the, my decision to make to go for football was predicated based on a, in baseball. And the last the last uh, season I played here, we had a Friday game against North Dakota, and it was like about snow and wet. He said, "Well, we're going to cancel it." We're going to play a triple header on on Saturday. Oh boy! We went and played two sevens in a nine inning game on Saturday with about thirty two degrees, crunchy snow on the ground. I said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, it's mm-hmm. not for me." <laughs> that's that's a relatable story, Pat. Thanks for sharing you that one. Get the bone bruises. Yeah, you get, you get a bad uh, hit off the bat, whatever. Oh. And I mean, that, that goes right through your thumb and stays with you. But that's that's what's cold because you don't expect it to be for that that sport. Yeah, I need to go find a blanket. Yeah, you got your hood up, so you're, you're already feeling yeah. it. <laughs> this is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin, the man. Pack attack. All Packers, all the time. When the money's on the line and Aaron Rodgers has the ball in his hands, I'm never going to be mad at him. Subscribe to the Pack Attack podcast on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Alex Strofe with us as well. And Pat, Badger basketball, 
Uh, they lost to Providence the last time out. They believe they played Texas A&M this weekend. And Monday in the Maui oh, Invitational. Okay. Uh, I just watched Texas A&M. They just wrapped up. They won by like 40 points against a uh, random school. So, so then go. I'll ask you, Strofe. You've seen the Badger basketball team play. You've seen Texas A&M play. What, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, not great, Jim. Not great, <laughs> uh, especially after Monday's loss. Look, Providence always a sneaky mid-major team, right? They, they usually tend to sneak into the tournament, at least over the course of the last few years. But uh, Wisconsin is, is uh, not what it once was. I'll just put it that way. I mean, Jonathan Davis didn't play on Monday. That doesn't help as he's probably your your number two option offensively. But uh, overall, not feeling great. However, I am feeling good with the fact they do have a week to prepare. They lost on Monday, don't play again until next Monday. So uh, they've got plenty of times to, to look at some errors and, and try to fix them. Pat, how are you feeling about the Badger basketball? Well, I'll tell you what, I have a soft spot in my heart for Providence because I had my career high about 12 points at them in the <laughs> tournament in, uh, in New York City. We uh, we beat them. They had John Thompson was one of their four. was 6'11", you know. Oh, really? And, uh, Vinnie Ernst and a guy named Ray Flynn, who turned out to be the Boston mayor, was on that team. And, really? Uh, we ended up beating them, and uh, we got creamed by uh, Paul Hogue and the uh, and the Cincinnati uh, Bearcats, but uh, that was uh, that was my game. I couldn't believe I had a, made a couple of shots and everything instead of just rebounding. So, but anyway, <laughs> I, I thought that they had a pretty good team. I mean, they they were tough. That was was really I think it sets up a little bit of a part. I'm not sure where we're at this level of toughness that you have to be at, uh, and when we're playing it. I mean, they just uh, physical that, and uh, really did a great job. I think that uh, the one thing that Kind of disappointed was the fact that you really couldn't see what was happening without Davis in there, and and the other thing I noticed maybe I'm just a little paranoid, but I thought that Brad Davis had a number of legitimate concerns, and when he when he was uh, playing on defense, and they didn't none, they didn't even pay attention to him. They gave him a kind of short shrift. A couple of things that happened, and they missed a double dribble, which was an important time. You can see the guy with two hands on the ball and bouncing it down. And uh, but I think that you got to be real careful because that's going to be a distraction with Brad a little bit, and you can't change his game that much. But it's going to be now where people are going to ignore it and hurting the team. I think so. He's going to maybe have to uh, not hit the ground so many times anymore. Yeah, it's a little bit of the boy cried wolf, and I, yeah. I think like at some point the officials uh, might might tune him out. With uh, you know, obviously not having Davis against Providence hurt. And that game's hard to judge. Providence missed a ton of free throws, which allowed the Badgers to to hang in there. But it's a it's a that's a game they could have and should have won if they were a little bit more uh, experienced. But my concern was at crunch time, and I'm sure Greg Gard is addressing this with the team. There was a lot of early. There was just a lot of bad shots in key moments, uh, and it usually just came to like Davidson having to just or or wanting to put up a shot. And it didn't necessarily feel like a Badgers run offense. Now I know that they're they're thin, and some of the other players weren't hitting it. But it felt like, hey, guys aren't hitting shots. They're not confident. So then Brad's just the only one taking shots, which is is not a way the Badgers are going to win. Yeah. Plus, when you get down underneath, underneath the basket, that's where the physical part comes in. And there was a number of times when either a head fake or whatever wall is stronger or the bunch of, but uh, even he got it slammed back, and somehow. You got even Bill Rafter called it. They said you got to go up there with the with both hands on the ball and muscle it right to the basket and get three point plays rather than not get a fall at all. Because I think they're just saying 
you know, you get blocked shots much easier. But when you're physically getting it up there, they've got to make it a little bit tougher, and it's going to be easier to get a foul in that regard. But, uh, you know, there are times when the guys are hitting them from outside and and uh, the three-point line and things like the big guys, that's going to be kind of reminiscent when uh, Kaminsky get out there. But uh, going to have to get a little bit tougher inside underneath the boards and uh, get, use that, uh, that height to good advantage. Yeah, and this Badger team... It's hard to judge what guard's going to... like. It's going to be hard to judge him this year. You're just going to have to see growth. Mm-hmm. But the Badgers, and it's early. Marquette just pulled off an upset. But they might be out of, you know, outside of the three of UW-Milwaukee, the Badgers and Marquette. The Badgers might be uh, a team that falls, you know, third in that grouping. Heck, UW-Milwaukee might be the only team out of that group that makes the NCAA tournament because they have Pat Baldwin and they have... Uh, uh, and he's a big-time player in a lesser conference. But Patrick Baldwin's viewed as one of the top five oh, freshmen yeah. in the in the all of basketball and one of the top ten players in all of basketball as far as an NBA recruit. So he's a guy that could dominate that conference and and put his team in the tournament. Yeah, that the portal door is going to be wide open. They're probably going to be accepting a little applications here, maybe. But it uh, <laughs> looks like some people that are looking around and saying, get a, a big-time program. Might think that they can make the make a kind of make a market Wisconsin, and that may be a good thing. Yeah, maybe have to change way a way of uh, getting your players nowadays, just because everybody else is doing it. Yeah, that's uh, look. That's Pat. You've known it. You were you went through it as athletic director. Adaptation, whether that's football or basketball, is is key. You have to kind of adapt to what's what's happening uh, with all the. You don't want to change your stripes too much, but you have to modify and you know be the program you want to be within the new way things are going to be done yep no ways and it's just like everything else you know, nil and all those things now it's a different ball game it's just not only on the court but off the court as well and everybody has to adapt like you say and be uh contemporize themselves this has been pat we appreciate it uh thanks for the time thank you see you next week guys see you later this has been the pat richter show strofe what uh, jumped out to you from today's show i'll tell you what jimmy Tuesday, December 26th, 1961, Wisconsin versus Providence. Wisconsin wins 95-84 to behind Pat Richter's 12 points. Love that. There you go. Pat Richter putting up dubs in... For the W. So I was I was going through his uh, his stats, which yeah. are obviously not a ton available from the 60s. Yeah. Uh, he played three years, a sophomore, junior, and senior year. Only played eight games a senior year for basketball. Unsure why that Soccer, was. football, basketball, baseball. Yeah, but, and, you uh, know, yeah. That was his, that was his uh, I believe, his junior year when they played Providence. Played 17 games that season. He scored a total of 40 points. Twelve of them came against Providence. That's impressive. There you go. I understand why the sweet yeah, spot yeah, exists. Yeah. Providence really added, added to his uh, final year there. 